Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Uplifting Impact podcast. I'm Deanna Singh, Chief Change Agent with Uplifting Impact, and I am excited to be hosting you all today as we dive deeper into our journey to make the world more diverse equitable, and inclusive. Today, I am talking to Ashton Henderson. Now, Ashton has a really awesome background. He is a native of Tallahassee, Florida, but he received his Bachelor's of Art degree in advertising from Michigan State University in 2010. He was a four-year letterman playing cornerback for Michigan State football team. And while he was a graduate assistant at Michigan State University, he developed and administered a freshman mentoring program for football players called Keeping It Real Mondays. When I read that about Ashton, it made me smile all the way because I was so excited to hear Um, of how you took something that was your experience and then you were able to figure out how you were going to make a different experience for people who are coming behind you. Um, I just think that that's awesome. And as you're going to see in our conversation really speaks to Ashton's character. So that program, even though he's been gone from the university, still exists. And it's interesting to, again, another testament to his character, but he talks about how proud he is of that legacy and how it far exceeded anything that he may have contributed on the football field. Henderson was named the Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion for the Detroit Pistons just this year. And he has been with the Pistons this year, helping to navigate what this should look like, not just at the Pistons, but also at the the National Basketball Association level. Because as of this date, there is only 10 organizations within the association that have created this role. So Ashton, we are so excited. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. And, you know, I know with like the season starting and everything, there's a million different places that you are being pulled. So I, I'm also double, triple, quadruple uh, grateful that you've made some time to be able to, you know, talk to talk to our listeners and for us to learn from you. Absolutely. I, I, you know, you push pause when anything in particularly when it comes to this type of work and you have the ability to share your experience, particularly in diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging. You stop what you're doing and talk about it with dynamic people. <laughs> That's awesome. So one of the questions we've been asking all of our guests, and it's one of my favorite questions, is what brings you joy? Let us learn a little bit more about you. Absolutely. So. Man, when I saw this question, I just lit up like a Christmas tree. And the reason I did is because I find joy in a lot of things, but primarily where I see myself and find joy is really cooking. I love to cook. Um, I think the reason I love to cook so much is because it reminds me of my grandmother. Um, She passed away in 99, uh, my mom's mom. But her love was always showing us how to cook, how to make her recipes, things of that nature. And I was not a good cook in college, but as time has progressed, I've gotten better. 
um, and really stop calling my parents for recipes and things of that nature <laughs> and start experiencing myself. I think um, that attributes to joy in my life as well as um, I love spending time with my partner, Chloe. She is just an amazing human being. We have such a great f- friendship, partnership. She continues to dominate and beat me and connect for Monopoly and you name it and everything else. However, comma, I am I am getting better. I am strategically uh, making moves, watching YouTube videos. I'll put that out in the atmosphere to uh, really get her combat all of the, the, the L's I've been taking lately from Milton Bradley and other games that have been curated. But that's another day, but also just love being around family um, and just really the ability to do what I do every day, which is to power humanity through our Pistons family, through leading diversity, equity, inclusion work. So I'm just really thankful. I'm a very jovial, energetic person by nature. So you'll never see me down because every day above ground is a blessing. And I'm just truly thankful to bring that joy and inspire and empower folks across our organization in so many different ways. That's so awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. Now I want to come um, eat and play board games with you. So I will be expecting my invitation soon. Tell Chloe. Um, <laughs> so one of the questions that we, you know, have, and, and sometimes we we come back to this question because I do think it's one that depending on what sector you're in, there's very different responses, right? So one question I have for you is around transparency and accountability. Right. So we think about those two words, transparency and accountability. How do you equate those and how do they relate to the DEI work that you do? Absolutely. Transparency and accountability in my book are synonymous. I think they go hand in hand. And the reason being, especially as a DEI practitioner, those are things that you really have to establish early and often uh, within your, your group. The greatest asset are people. And you really have to take the time to invest, really lean in and understand where someone's journey is, where are, where they where are they in terms of your compass and their DEI framework and journey in which we can help. Um, so the transparency aspect, before you can be transparent, you have to be vulnerable. You have to be in a place where you can share stories that really, you know, will impact and penetrate the hearts of folks in different ways that you never thought it could. For example, for me, when I first started this role, you know, you have a strategy, you have a plan, you have all these things that you want to do, but none of those made sense until I really understood and went on a listening tour within our organization. So once I went on a listening tour, talked to every EVP, talked to every SVP, manager, coordinator, custodial staff, everyone who I knew really played an emphasis and a role into our success, which our company has over 220 people, um, really tried to connect. Once I did that, that provided the realms to understand where we had some gaps to I could fail in and be an advocate and champion for on a day-to-day basis. So from that aspect of transparency led me to accountability. For example, um, one of the biggest charges and why I was brought here was to curate and cultivate um, a success and just really put up um, and stand up our ERG uh, program in terms of our employee resource group. So when I came here 10 months ago, we did not have um, any ERGs in market. In fact, shameless plug, amazing book, um, ERG Excellence by Dr. Robert Rodriguez is amazing. I'm reading that currently and it's really didn't know there was an ERG national conference till I've been reading this book and we will definitely have a presence there in May. Um, but with that being said, that led to standing up our four ERGs in market that we have now. But what was the beauty of it is one, and I'll speak to a tangible example. One of our ERGs is called Ally Starts With All, and that's our LGBTQIA plus um, group 
who I also am a co-lead because I want to continue to learn, advocate and champion for um, this group of folks and learn how I can lean in and really help um, really amplify some of the issues that they're facing um, right now, not just in our current climate, but nationally and globally. So with that, one of the issues that came up was how do we make our, our workforce more inclusive? Um, so one of the areas in which we leaned into is providing just preferred pronoun usage amongst our entire organization. Uh, so folks who don't identify as binary um, can really have that opportunity if they're non-binary to know how to address them properly. That was something I was able to advocate for uh, within that first 30, 60 day, 90 day plan, which led to something I had to be a little bit more persistent about, which which accountability comes into play where all of our restrooms in terms of single stall restrooms were just had a gender base on there. So I really had to go through our culture committee and really advocate, which and educate and have some greater detail and conversations. And they're like, man, Ashton is persistent. But <laughs> it was more of a persistence of, hey, how we can all be better. Let's all take this opportunity to be better. So with that, we were able to rename our single star restrooms within our entire building on the business and basketball side to all gender neutral restrooms. So, which is a big win in a way in which people, you know, reached out to me that I even didn't even think that it had that much impact on how they show up to continue to be their authentic selves. So, transparency and accountability are, are and those and those vantage points go so in lockstep in my vantage point too. That's awesome. And you know, this idea that we can all be better. I really like want to repeat that, highlight that, uh, you know, put that in caps. We can all be better. So often, you know, we have these conversations, not to say this is what happened in your case, but we have these conversations and people are like, but why, but why? And I always want to say like, but why not? Right? <laughs> why not? We could all be better. Right. And to me, like asking that question or even leading with that premise, right? I don't, we don't know how many people this might impact. Maybe there's somebody this impacts that will never even send us a note or, or reach out to us, but why wouldn't we do it, right? Why, why wouldn't we think about ways that we could really try and push ourselves? And I, I, I love that refrain. We can all be better. Let's let, let that be our guiding force, right? Yeah. Okay, so so one of the things that we, we mentioned um, in your bio is that the NBA has decided that, you know, this is something that they care about, that they're really focused on, diversity, equity, inclusion. I know I've seen a lot of articles and things that people have come out with. And right now, there's only 10 organizations that have gone to the level of bringing in a DEI officer. So I'm really curious about why, you know, the Pistons decided, like, how much you know about why they, they made the decision to be uh, the leaders in in creating this role and really naming this and why you think it was necessary, right? Why did they think it was necessary to make this commitment? Absolutely. I mean, Ashton, we all know you're awesome. Okay. So that, <laughs> that aside. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. I am. Um, I, you know, I'm glad you brought this up and I stand corrected. So as of, you know, currently I would say today, as of November was we're recording this, um, the NBA has even up the ante and we have over 20 plus 25 plus teams who have this role now as of February 1st, I was the 10th um, to enter in this space, which I'm very thankful for. And huge shout out to one of my teammates um, in this work, Jen at the Portland Trailblazers. She is incredible. Um, she's the one who helped me have a better understanding of breaking into the NBA and showing what the work she was doing 
um, Jen Hunter with the Portland Trailblazers. So she's doing some phenomenal work along with a lot of my colleagues. But I'm biased. You know, I was a former football student athlete and you would think, you know, I would be um, my professional talents and skills and business acumen and things would lead me to a professional career in the in the NFL. But I never thought in a million years I would be working in the NBA. And here <laughs> I am just thankful because my values, which are integrity, faith, family, discipline, determination and drive. And my value proposition is to add value to any space that I'm involved or in anywhere I am. I just want to add value to anyone and everyone. And when I say that, and I look about the totality of the ENI and how the NBA and WNBA and G League and other supporting leagues within and that fall under the NBA umbrella. I mean, I've never seen the much advocacy in the championship, like championship effort from the top down, from Commissioner Silver through how it permeates through all 30 markets and our teams and the NBA Foundation and the intentionality of what we do with HBCUs and all the great things that are on the horizon that I'm hearing about and working with every month with my team DEI leads and connection points. So I am exactly where my feet are and where I need to be. And I'm thankful that the NBA with the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar um, social justice initiative to highlight players who are doing some phenomenal work in the social justice space um, and incentivize them for not being silent, knowing that they're bigger than the basketball and the things in which you're seeing from the entrepreneurial aspect and, and business side of the house from not just only the players, but the coaches and how this league has really leaned into the areas of diversity, equity, inclusion in our 75th anniversary, which is incredible to have that experience as well. So more to come, but I am truly thankful to work for a, a corporation, a, a company that really values diversity, equity, inclusion, and experiences of all people. You know, I think it's fascinating too, right? I've, I've read the articles, I'm sure you've seen them, where people say, oh, you know, our sports teams should be involved in, oh, our corporations shouldn't be, oh, you know, fill, fill in the blank. But I think I think the sports, you know, area, sector kind of gets hit the hardest because I think it is one of the places where people make categories in their heads, right? Like this isn't, why here? What, what is going on? And so I think that there could have been another pathway, right, where we could have seen some of our big, the NFL, the, the NBA, the, you know, taking a, a different stance and having support for taking a different stance and maybe not participating. And so it really does, like you said, that you lit up like a Christmas tree. It warms my heart too, right, to think that, no, this is a, an active decision for the for the the baseball association. An active decision for right, like that that we're making an active decision, recognizing that we have a platform. And with that platform, there is a sense of responsibility. And we're going to use that platform to not just, you know, get people in the seats to, 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 to buy the, the lovely things at the at, at the concession stands and to root for us and wear our t-shirts and to, right. That, that that's all part of what we have to do. But we also have this responsibility that we get to lead. We get to say, like, as industry leaders, as people who are really forming what our culture looks like. You look at any time in history and you think about who are some of the major motivators for what our social consciousness is? A lot of times it comes back to what are we doing in fields like our athletics, right? What are, what are we doing in the big institutions that kind of bring us together? And so anyways, I also am just really glad to see that, that people are seeing the value of having talent like yours and also seeing the value of being able to join the conversation, not sit on the sidelines. 
No, absolutely. Can, can I tell one quick story? And I think you know, just drive the point home with sport and how important and impactful it is to help us drive um, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging initiatives more. So this summer, and I love golf. Um, that also brings me joy. I'm one, I'm not, I'm better. I won't say I'm not good. I'm getting better. I played in a lot of tournaments this summer, but quick story, me and my colleagues, um, just a way to get to know them more. That was another approach that I took to go golfing with them, even though I wasn't as good, but just when you're riding on a cart with somebody for four hours, you learn a lot about them. You learn about how you can really connect with them, what they value, what they, you know, belief systems are. Anyway, one of my colleagues, we were on a part three, never witnessed this in my life. He hit a hole in one and I saw it in real time from like 150 plus yards. And the reason I tell this story is because literally some uh, there was we were in a we were playing in a um, in a tournament and um, a lot of the teams, maybe two holes up, saw and what I saw in real time and ran over to him, hugged him, picked him up, didn't know anything about his who he was, his upbringing. None of that mattered, his socioeconomic status. None of those things are just. Even, I mean, at the forefront of, but the cool piece was we celebrated a moment and now we're connected for life in that moment. But mm -hmm. also if we just took a step back and connected with people more and use the leverage of sport to bring folks together, um, because I find myself high-fiving, hugging people. I have no idea who they are. <laughs> the games and really being respected to COVID and the climate we're in, obviously more fist pumps and elbows than any of these days, but if you would just take a step back, there's power in sport and changing the way in which we look at this world. And that's yeah. just one example that I always go to and have, will always be cherished by me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's opportunity to be human, right? I mean, you talked about your competitive nature with board games. We, we have it. It is built into us. And so to be able to do that with different people who come from different backgrounds and, in, in, and celebrate the wins and celebrate the times when we don't win, right? There, there is something really powerful about, uh, you know, just about using that, that platform. So thank you for sharing that story. Congratulations to your friend. That also sounds really awesome. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you for the providing space. <laughs> Absolutely. So Ashton, it was lovely to be able to have this conversation with you. I know that people will be following you through the Pistons because they'll, they'll want to be following what's going on with the season, but they also want to know what you're doing and, and what you're up to and how, you know, how you're moving in space. And so I'd love for you to just share what's the best way for people to stay connected to your work. Yeah, absolutely. So please find me on social media. My Instagram and Twitter accounts are the same. It's A underscore Henderson with an H, H is in Henry, uh, 31. Cannot get rid of that old college football number. Um, it is a part of my inter the intersectionalities of my identity. Uh, but again, A underscore Henderson 31 is where you can find me on those platforms, as well as LinkedIn, um, where we met, which is incredible. Um, and the power of that tool is just it never ceases to amaze me what, what happens from the connections when you lean in uh, to amazing people. So, yeah, absolutely. So we'll make sure that all of those uh, links are in our show notes, but Ashton, it has been lovely to be able to spend some time with you. You know, the thing I'm going to walk away from with this conversation is many things, but one of them is we can all do better, right? Let, let's do better. Let's, let's do better. And also to think about 
what are the platforms, whether that's sports or, or whether that's technology, what are the platforms that we already occupy and how can we tilt them towards a more equitable and inclusive lens, right? What, what is the power in being able to think what we're good at and, and being smart about how we use that strategically? So I know there's many other gems, but I hope our listeners got a chance to, to hear those and really apply them in their own work. So we are going to go ahead and sign off for today. But what I will say is that if you are here joining us at the Uplifting Impact podcast, we just want to say thank you. We do not take it for granted that you're spending some time with us. So thank you, thank you, thank you. If you have someone in your space, in your world that you know could benefit from hearing some of these conversations and learning from our amazing guests, we would ask that you go ahead and share the, the links to our podcast and please you know download, like, do all the, th- I don't know, do all the things you're supposed to do. If you, if you're finding this um, in engaging and helpful in your journey, we also would welcome you to give us any feedback or ask any questions. You can do that right on LinkedIn, or you can do that directly on our website, which is upliftingimpact.com. But until next week, just know that we are thinking about you and we believe that we can all do better. And we also believe that if we're going to really uplift impact, we need everyone to be involved. So we're so excited to have you joining us. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.